Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Austin, also known as Teacup. And my name is Shelby, also known as SheCup. Join us as we embark on unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed universe. From Assassins to Templars to the mysterious Isu and more, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us and maybe even take a leap of faith. Hello and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby or SheCup and I'm one of the hosts for this show. Yeah, and I am Austin or Teacup. I'm your other host for this show. So welcome back to season two. This is our second episode of season two. Last week was a character deep dive. This week we're actually getting into the content of what this season is going to be about. We kind of teased it last week and said that this season is going to be more about the mystical and mythical side of Assassin's Creed. And we are diving in deep to that today. So Austin, with all of that being said, What is it that we're talking about today? Today we are starting off our kind of mini series in this season on the pieces of Eden. And how many pieces of Eden are there? Well, there's a lot. So there are pieces of Eden and then there are types of pieces of Eden. So there are several of each type, but there's only probably about at most a dozen of a type or like types. That's a lot. Right. And there's some debate among the fandom and among the lore on what things constitute pieces of Eden. For example, like in Odyssey, you can get all these armors of these heroes that give special abilities. Are they technically pieces of Eden or are they just Isu artifacts? Like there's a debate on what constitutes a piece of Eden. Well, what's your opinion on the matter? My opinion that a, a piece of Eden is something that is un, would be uniquely strong even to the Isu. So it mm-hmm. wouldn't be something that is of everyday use. Like it wouldn't be an armor. I mean, it could be depending on what the armor is. But like just the armor of an Isu doesn't constitute a piece of Eden. Right. A piece of Eden is a specific scientific advance that the Isu have made. Right. That makes sense to me. That's my opinion. That's where I tend to fall on it. I don't really know where the rest of everyone else falls on that. Well, are we ready to dive into the fun facts? We are. So, history and fun facts. As we know, the Isu were a first civilization that walked the earth long before humans had even 
began to have the inklings of civilization. And I'm defining civilization as just any group of humans grouping together and having a system of some sort together. So this is long before any of that is happening. Um, The Isu are actually the ones who create humanity. uh, And they use pieces of Eden to enslave humanity. And so that's also another thing of where I say that there's a difference between an Isu artifact and a piece of Eden, because a piece of Eden is specifically designed to manipulate and enslave humanity. So this gets us into our topic for today, which is we are going to be talking about the most recognizable and most well-known and well-documented piece of Eden, which is the apple. And this one is well-known because it is the favored piece of Eden by Abstergo and its Templar masters. So we're going to talk about the apple's powers and capabilities. The apples were known to create illusions. And these illusions are more than just like holograms. These are physical illusions that can actually interact with the physical world. They can manifest thought as reality and they can project images. So when the Isu created humanity, they embedded hidden neurotransmitters that allowed the human mind to interact with the apple and to be controlled and influenced by it. Human Isu hybrids, such as Desmond Miles, were not born with this specific neurotransmitter and thus cannot be influenced by the apple's mental manipulation, though they can be attacked by its physical properties. Um, which we'll get into, such as the apple is capable of emitting an energy blast similar to the Sword of Eden, though it's not as powerful. The apple can also passively influence people's minds, not being wielded by a, a person or directed to a person. Apple can also contain information and impart it, such as information about designs or technology such as it does with Altair and how he develops a more state-of-the-art hidden blade. He's given information about how to create the hidden blade gun. Da Vinci uses the apple under the Templar's direction to create machines of war. And then one apple in ancient Egypt allowed the bodies of dead pharaohs to return to life. And the apples that Cassandra Eaglebearer encounters can turn humans into mythological monsters such as Medusa or the Minotaur or Cyclopses, all kinds of things. Okay, you know what this actually reminds me of? What? Reaper Tech from Mass Effect. It's very similar to Reaper Tech. Uh, That's a very good comparison. And so those are its powers. Do you have any thought, just overall thoughts about the apple? Otherwise, we're going to start talking about all the known apples of Eden? Um, well, I mean, I've only seen one apple so far in Assassin's Creed 2 with Ezio, and I haven't gotten into some of the others yet because I haven't finished that game, obviously. So I guess my only thought is just about this Mass Effect comparison. Um, and the reason why I kind of thought of that is when it says... The apple can influence people's minds, even when it's not being used by the person, because that's like the indoctrination of the Reaper technology in Mass Effect 100% does that. And it it's just sounds identical to me in that specific instance. 
Yeah, it's definitely similar. Uh, also, you have seen another one. There's an apple in Assassin's Creed 1. That's what. Oh, yeah. Well, then I've seen two of the like 12, I'm sure. All right. So when we talk about known apples of Eden, there are only seven. Only. Yes. There are technically a lot more. They're just not officially confirmed as apples of Eden, even though they look like apples of Eden. Okay, so say more about what that means. There are only seven artifacts that have been referred to as Apple of Eden. There are three more that are kind of canon adjacent or weren't ever referred to as Apple of Eden. And then there's a whole bunch that just have different powers, but they look like Apples of Eden, such as the ones that Cassandra interacts with. So it's just unconfirmed. They exist and they are pieces of Eden and Isu artifacts. We just haven't gotten the in-game or in-universe confirmation yet. Mm -hmm. All right. So the Apple of Eden, number one, this one is recovered by Arno Dorian in 1794, and he delivers it to the Brotherhood in Cairo after he prevents Napoleon Bonaparte from seizing it in Paris. This is kind of for naught because Napoleon eventually lays a siege to Cairo and claims and claims the apple and uses it to become the leader of France and lead his military campaign across Europe. So eventually Napoleon obviously does not succeed in his conquest of Europe and he loses the apple. This apple reappears at the Kennedy assassination where it is used to create a phantom on the hill effect during the assassination, making it difficult to convict Oswald and to see the true motive of the assassination. Okay, so what happens between the era of Napoleon and the 1960s? Because that's a long time for it to be just missing. Yeah, apples disappear and they get hidden and they get dropped. And there's you'll see a lot when we get into these, there's some big time gaps that just the games haven't filled in. Interesting. Yeah, so these are just the recorded appearances that we know that this is the same apple based on like, okay, well, we know these other apples are in this location at this time. So this this is the one that's not accounted for. So apple number two, this is Bayek's apple that he gets when he assassinates the first Order of Ancients person in Siwa, if you remember. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's often called the Oracle's Relic or the light of Amun-Ra, which makes sense from Egyptian mythology. Ra is the sun god and the apple emits a glow like the, holding the sun in your hand. Makes sense mm-hmm. that it would be attributed to Ra. Sometime after the events of Origins, this apple gets placed underneath Solomon's temple. And the apple is later retrieved by Altair and Robert de Salle. And so after Altair vanishes, it doesn't appear again until it's in the hands of Elizabeth I. That's, again, that's a really long time. That's even longer. That's like 700 years? No, I don't remember when Altair lives. <laughs> 13th century. So 1200. Oh, yeah, that's so That's a lot. Yeah. This apple then, after Elizabeth, it is briefly transferred to the hands of Gandhi. And then it is used again as a part, plays another part in the Kennedy assassination. And then this apple is finally destroyed in the Templars' attempt to launch a mind control satellite. 
which is what they're trying to do in the Desmond cycle. Again, so they try a first time and that apple ends up getting destroyed. So we've got one apple destroyed and two disappeared, right? Or one disappeared and one destroyed. So far, yes. Apple of Eden number three. This is first discovered by the Freemasons who hide it. And then Freemason George Washington uncovers it with Connor Kenway. And it gives them a nightmarish vision of an alternate timeline where Washington uses the apple to rule the United States with an iron fist. After that vision and all that is finished, Washington gives it to Connor, who is the king of I'm not going to F around and find out. And he throws it in the ocean. Respect. Respect for that. Yes. Eventually, this apple is recovered by FDR, who uses it to help start uh, World War II. This apple is passed among the presidents for a little bit until it is in the hands of JFK, who after his assassination passes to Templar Lyndon B. Johnson, who uses it to recover apple number five from the moon. How did it... How did it get on the moon? Our only explanation is that the Isu had mastered space travel at some point. This is not helping my Isu are the Reapers theory. <laughs> well, let's be real that the if they've mastered space travel, the Isu would be on the Reapers targets for harvesting. And the Isu are still around, are they not? They are. So that means they've they've haven't been eliminated by the Reapers. Which means they could be the Reapers. We got to get in seven from the Mass Effect lore cast on here to weigh in on this theory. All right. So apple number four. This is first seen in the 10th century CE in China, where it's kept out of the emperor's hands. Uh, And it's eventually found, again, we have a several centuries time jump by Nikola Tesla. And then there's a back and forth. The Templars steal it from Tesla. It goes to Henry Ford. Henry Ford sends it to Adolf Hitler by the Templars instruction. Templars give it to Gerald Kramer, who uses it to create the die Glock. The assassins claim it when they attack Kramer's facilities. In 1977, though, it has eventually fallen into the hands of Warren Biddick, who acquires it, and it is then again stolen by an escaped Abstergo prisoner and is now presumed destroyed. So two destroyed, two disappeared. Correct. Um, We can assume that Apple number three and five are either lost or destroyed because by the events of AC1, the Templars do not have an Apple of Eden. So all of these Apple of Edens either need to be lost or destroyed because the Templars don't have one by the by 2012. Right. All right. I think now would be a good time for our break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Makose! Shoot! Shoot a flying demon! Malaka! 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 Even now, faced as I am with the truth of your cold words, I refuse because I believe things can still change. 
I may never succeed. The assassins may struggle another thousand years in vain, but we will not stop. All right, let's do it. So welcome to the break. This is the middle of the show. This is where we tell you about all the news going on with the Assassin's Creed lore cast and not necessarily the lore of Assassin's Creed. So first of all, the first big thing I want to tell you is that we have a Discord server and our Discord server is called The Cups, Podcasting and More. It's the official home of all of our shows, including the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. So you should definitely hop over there, come join the server, come hang out with us. We've had a lot of growth recently, and we're always talking about something, whether it be Assassin's Creed, Dragon Age, Star Wars related, or even something else. So definitely join us over there. You can also, on the other hand, you can um, join us in the Robots Radio channel, which is another Discord server that we're in because we're part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club. So if you're looking for new podcasts to listen to and all that kind of stuff, definitely hop over there because there are so many great shows. So I also want to mention reviews. Reviews really help us. We are kind of a new-ish show. So if you have taken the time to give us a review, we're super thankful for that because it tells new listeners and potential listeners that, hey, this is a great show to listen to. So I have a couple of reviews to read today. So the first review that I want to read is from Benedict S. And Benedict says, awesome, five stars, very informative and funny, smiley face. Thank you, Benedict. And then Mayor Thingles from Mayor Thingles says, brilliant pod, five stars. Been playing the game since Assassin's Creed 1. Brilliant pod, loads of information. Keep up the good work, cups. Thank you both so much for that uh, those awesome reviews. We are so thankful. And if you, too, want your review read out on the show, then all you have to do is leave us a review with words on Apple. You don't have to listen on Apple. You just have to hop over there and write a review. You just need an Apple account. And if you leave us a review with five stars with words, we will read it out on the show. And I think that's all we have to talk about in the middle of the show, Austin, unless I'm forgetting something. I don't think so. I think that's it. All right, well, let's get back to it. And I know I was really nice to you, but actually I'm just another Templar plot twist. And yes, I would like very much for you to be controlled by a magic space wizard so that you can murder me. I am not a father anymore. I am not a husband. I am not a Medjay. I am a hidden one. Yes. We are the hidden ones. All right. So, we just did apple number four. So, we got three more official apples to talk about. So, apple number five. This is the apple that is on the moon. How it got there. We do not know, but it's on the moon. Uh, and they use Apple number three to start the Apollo project to get to the moon. And then they lose the Apple number three. And once they find Apple number five, that's used again to further the Apollo project. 
which is just interesting because just a couple months ago, She Cup and I were in Florida and we went to the Kennedy Center and we learned all about the Apollo Project. We did. It was all funded by and supported by an apple of Eden. So there are two apples of Eden on the moon. No, just one. Apple number three funds the Apollo Project to start with. They lose that and then get apple number five on the moon. I mentioned the same apple twice. So you've talked about two different apples and you've named them number three and number five and they're the same one? No, number three was on Earth. That's the one that's discovered by George Washington. Number five, number three is used to find number five. Does that make sense? I just mentioned number five in number three because it's part of the story. I get it. So apple number six, this is Ezio's apple. So we know that this was originally in the possession of Mehmet II of Constantinople, whose son takes it to the island of Cyprus. And through the events of Assassin's Creed II, we know that eventually the Templars go to Cyprus and they retrieve this apple and then Ezio intercepts it. Eventually, through the events of Assassin's Creed, Brotherhood, Ezio buries this apple under the Colosseum. And then Desmond retrieves this apple. And then in Assassin's Creed 3, Desmond uses this apple to enter the Grand Temple. This apple remains in Assassin possession. And still does to this day? Correct. Interesting. And then our last apple, apple number seven, In 1868, this apple was in the possession of the British Templars at an underground laboratory. It was being studied by Sir David Brewster on behalf of the British Templars. Evie and Jacob Fry come to this and are separated with Evie attempting to and succeeding in assassinating Sir David Brewster. The apple then gets overloaded in the machine that it is using and is detonated, collapsing the entire underground laboratory and leaving everyone dead except for Evie. That's rough, buddy. Yes. And that is the opening to Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Oof. Spoiler. So we get into now, we're having a little more kind of unofficial apples, but still kind of there. There's... Aguilar's apple, which is in the Assassin's Creed movie. This was originally in possession of Muhammad VII of Granada, who was forced to hand it over to Grand Inquisitor uh, Torquemada in 1492 when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. It didn't really happen that way. But as we know, when we talked about our Spanish Inquisition episode, I'm just going to blow over that because you are correct. It didn't really happen that way. Sorry, Uh, I guess that's too much revisionist history. (laughs) That was petty. I love it. This artifact doesn't stay long in Torquemada's possession. It is recovered by Aguilar and Maria. Maria dies in the battle and Aguilar escapes with the artifact and he gives it to assassin ally Christopher Columbus, uh, who takes it to the New World. The apple would stay with Columbus until his death, at which point the Peace of Eden accompanied his remain back to Spain, where it was buried. Uh, in 2016, the apple was recovered by the Templars after they used Caleb Lynch to relive re- Aguilar's memories. However, when Alan Ricken unveiled the artifact in front of the Councils of Elders in London, he was assassinated by Caleb, who took the apple and made his escape along 
with his fellow assassin inmates. So that one is still in the possession of this assassin, Caleb Lynch. Can I ask a question? Uh Uh-huh. So this apple, I actually have two questions. What game does this happen in with Callum Lynch? That's the, it's the movie. Okay, great. Second question. So we're differentiating the official apples, apples one through seven from this apple that we're talking about now and the rest that will follow. This one you've labeled as Aguilar's apple. Can you kind of illustrate what the difference is there? Um, this one in its difference is that it's kind of canon adjacent. We're not very sure of like how much the canon of the Assassin's Creed movie weighs in with the canon of the games. And what about the rest of each the other one? one? Each one has a different circumstance for why it's like different from the official seven. Okay. Can you just tell us about those when we get to them? Yeah. The next one is, I'm going to try with this, Aka Aten's apple. So this is an ancient pharaoh's, uh, was used by them thinking to be the embodiment of the pharaoh Aten, who is a very famous ancient pharaoh, and to be an artifact of their gods. This was used to raise corpses, which Bayek then um, encounters in Thebes. However, when Bayek encounters this pharaoh's corpse, the apple is nowhere to be found. So we don't really know where this apple's location is. Um, And the reason that this one is separated from the other seven is because of its, we don't see it acting as an apple would like we don't see it influencing the minds of people or doing energy blasts it just raises the corpses of these dead pharaohs so it's kind of a different apple because it's only linked to this one situation and it has different powers i mean that makes sense it's still kind of kind of freaky still yes um the gulls apple This apple was held within the temple of Heimdall in uh, a Norse town whose name I can never pronounce. And I've heard it in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but I cannot for the life of me pronounce it. Um, It's the area in Norway that you start in. It's high atop a mountain. And in 1870, it was retrieved by the Thrall Gull, who used it to break free of her mental and physical change and remember her past life as an Isu. She used its mind control power on the Raven Clan shield maiden, Eivor, stopping her in her tracks as the decrepit Tendra fell apart all around them. Gold, Gold told Eivor to leave and save her village from her village from the attack of Kivoton, uh, the cruel and members of his clan. So the reason this one is kind of adjacent is because it comes from an offshoot comic of Valhalla. And again, we're unsure of its canon status. So you said this is from a comic? Yes. Okay, so not the main game. No. And this one is interesting because this comes from the Isle of Sky, which is from the crossover DLC with Eivor and Cassandra. So if you have not played that with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, just skip ahead a couple minutes. So this one, I would probably put this as like the eighth apple, but again, it's separated out 
from the from the official seven. So in the late ninth, ninth century, the Viking shieldman and Eivor and the Spartan mercenary Cassandra Eaglebearer worked together to discover an apple within an Isu temple, the Cave of Gold in Scotland's Isle of Skye. Jointly, both warriors took a hold of the apple and deactivated its powers, stopping the nightmares around the island from Eivor turning to an unknown beast. The apple was handed to Cassandra by Eivor. The artifact was presumably destroyed. And I would say that this probably comes up into the eighth apple because it's in official game content. It has the mind control and nightmare powers. And it is connected to the protagonists of the game. Okay, so then why is it classified as an other? Because it was separated in my research as an other. So I'm not going to ask the question that is like driving me crazy right now, which is how the hell is Cassandra alive in the 800s? But we'll just skip over it. Um, If you don't want spoilers for Odyssey... I should not answer that question for you. (sighs) Okay, fine. But there is an explanation for her to be alive. Is it a good one? Um, It's not lore or universe breaking. Well, okay. I think is it a good one is a subjective question. All right. Um, So we're not done. Um, There are other apples that are mentioned, but we've never seen. So obviously there is the story that Eve of Adam and Eve steals an apple and starts the human revolution against the Isu. So that is obviously an apple that is not accounted for. We don't know if this apple is one that one of the original seven that we encounter earlier. We just know that this apple existed at one point and was stolen by Eve. Now that I say that, that's another reason is that we don't know these adjacent apples. We don't know if they are one of the original seven or not. And because there's so much time gap between the seven apples, we don't know if they're new apples or if they're the same apples, if that makes sense. So they could be, they also could not be the same ones, but it's unconfirmed. Correct. Okay. Yes. Um, Al Molin in Assassin's Creed 1 refers to several miracles that were done by Apples of Eden, referring to Moses parting the Red Sea or Jesus turning water into wine or several other things. Uh, I call these the miracle apples. It has later been confirmed that two of these were not, in fact, apples, but were rather other pieces of Eden such as the Shroud or the Staff of Eden. So uh, Heracles' trials, which his 12 labors, one of them is to steal apples from a garden, the apples of immortality. It is suggested by subject 16, Clay Kazmarek, that these are apples of Eden as well. As well as the Nordic tradition, Nordic mythology, their apples of vigor and immortality are also suggested by Clay to be apples of Eden. And then we have a random story of a 15th century Chinese assassin keeping an apple out of the hands of the Templars. Again, we don't know if these apples are the original seven or if they are additions to these. You know, I tend to think that I go back and forth because 
if the Isu are using these apples to enslave humanity, I feel like they would make a set number that are wielded by a select few to like minimize the risk of a rebellion like Eve's happening where they steal one. If they have a bunch laying around, it's all more easy for that to happen. That's true. But as we know uh, from from our history and from other stories, people who hold power, especially people who own other people, slave owners, tend to be drunk on that power and they don't think clearly and they tend to think highly of themselves. So, so I can see them being arrogant enough to not even think that humanity would be intelligent enough to to rebel that's very true very accurate um and that was my other point in assassin's creed valhalla we see several of the same type of pieces of eden being wielded by different isu like some isu walk out wielding two swords of eden like as if they were just general general swords that they made for battle so they could be you know, there could have been a lot of them. What we do know is that every piece of Eden survived this cataclysmic event that wiped the Isu out. And that Isu, yeah, and that pieces of Eden are very difficult to destroy. Interesting. So I have several questions. Yes, uh, I do have one more point to make. Okay, go ahead. The other point is with this is like, there could also be a limited number because and this is another spoiler, Cassandra is tasked with hunting down and destroying these artifacts. Interesting. Okay. And so she lives an extraordinarily long time. So there's no telling how many she's hunted down and destroyed. Right. Well, not all of them, as we know, from the ones that have existed into the modern day. True. That's all I got. Okay. So my questions. So my first question, and this is kind of a big one, and I don't know if it's answerable, but did the Isu create the apples and the other pieces of Eden or did they just use them and they were something that they, that already existed and they like figured out how to wield them? According to the lore and what we've been told, now I'm going to clarify that with what we've been told by Isu, they created it. But we've only been told that by the Isu. Correct. I mean, what do they gain from lying about that, though? I mean, that's a fair point. I don't really think they gain anything by lying with that. And I actually do think that they're reliable narrators because the ones that we interact with are so dead set on preventing the second tragedy from happening to the Earth. And they are kind of, some of them are untrustworthy in a little bit, but it's not the same as if we take like the child or the catalyst from mass effect, like they're already gone and destroyed. Like they have no self-preservation motivation at all. Whereas the child and the catalyst would. So that makes the child a little more of an unreliable narrator than the Isu would be. Yeah. That tracks. Okay. So my second question, we've talked a lot in the past in past episodes about how Ubisoft has changed our history to better fit their narrative, which I mean, I don't necessarily like disagree with the act of them doing that. Um, my issues 
and I guess I, there haven't been that many times where I've really taken issue with the way that they've changed the historical narrative. I can only think of a couple times. So that is kind of tied into my question, which is, I think it's a totally different thing to change a historical narrative versus changing a religious narrative because history is history. Um, it's, it belongs to everyone. Whereas a religion, I think, is much more personal and even cultural at some points. And so I feel like it's a much more serious thing with more consequences to change a religious narrative in a game. The, um, the way that they have changed part of like the Christian and Jewish narrative around Adam and Eve and even some of Jesus's miracles, like you said, as well. So my question is, I know that's a lot of build up to the question, but what do you think about Ubisoft using these pieces of Eden, using the apples to alter a religion's narrative and sacred text? Well, personally, I come to a point of like, it's just a story and it's not real and no one's asking you to like believe it as fact. So I kind of like am indifferent towards it. I don't love it. It's not my favorite thing in the games and Ubisoft has really in story kind of backed off of like religions that are still around, like adapting certain things from them. Um, for example, like, Bayek and I are the closest we've ever gotten to the time of Jesus. And they're several decades, if not a century before. I think with Ubisoft's story around these pieces of Eden, that it lends itself to attach itself to the various religious stories of the world. Um, but they have backed off a lot from dealing with like the religions that are still actively practiced in the world today. Um, like we haven't really gotten any mention of like Jesus using pieces of Eden as miracles or even talks of Adam and Eve or anything like that. Um, I do think that we're going to see, I would be curious to how it goes from here because they've attached so much of the newer game stories to these kind of ancient polytheistic religions that some a few people here and there might practice but are not like practiced widely and culturally as they once were so then i guess that leads me into my next question and this is my last one that i wrote down are there so we refer to them as pieces of Eden, which is obviously a play on the Garden of Eden. And that is very much language from Christianity and from Judaism. So my question is, are there pieces of Eden, whether it's apples or something else, that are intrinsic or come from even other religions outside of Judaism and Christianity? I mean, yes, because Odin's spear is an artifact that you can get. That is a spear of Eden. So that's outside of Jewish and Christian mythology. But like piece of Eden is something that is attached in a Christian world. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's attached by the Abrahamic religions to these artifacts. Like Cassandra 
never refers to them as pieces of Eden. It's only artifacts. Mm-hmm. And even Eivor and Alfred don't refer to them as pieces of Eden. So that's kind of like a modern take on it that we've kind of put onto it. Correct. Um, and Eden, if I remember, Eden was actually like a scientific enslavement camp of the Isu in official lore. So like Eden is where Adam and Eve escaped from. It's not my favorite thing. And I'm kind of glad they've steered away from it. Um, I don't love the mythology portions of these games a lot. Like I have not been pleased with Valhalla's DLCs in that regards. The Siege of Paris was fine because it was very historical but all of the kind of like Asgard and Norse DLCs have not been my jam. Why not? I just feel like it really detracts from what Assassin's Creed has all been about, which has been like this kind of historical fiction that has these mythological ancient civilization in the background. And I think kind of bringing them to the forefront creates kind of like two narratives. Like you've got the traditional Assassin's Creed narrative, which is the historical one with the Assassins and Templars. And now you have this Isu narrative that I feel like makes it feel like two different games. Yeah, I see that. Well, I know I had a lot of questions during this, but that's all I have for now. I'm sure I'll think of more later, but do you have anything else you want to add about the Isu or the apples or pieces of Eden in general? Oh, one other thing is that only people with a certain constitution or concentration of Isu DNA can wield apples without going insane. I mean, that's fair, I think. Yes. And that has to do with the neurotransmitters that the Isu imparted in us. But yeah. That's really it. Okay, well, if you don't have anything else to add, let's wrap it up, right? Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at Assassin's Creed Lorecast, or you could talk to us on Discord in the Robots Radio Discord or our personal Discord server. Both links found in this episode's descriptions. Thank you for listening, and always stay to the shadows to serve the light, Assassins. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. 
So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember... Swooping.